Hey, hey, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. Today, we have Sam Holcomb on the podcast. Sam is a member of my online course, the Podcasting for Educators Prep School. And as it goes in the online world, I've only ever talked to her through Facebook or Instagram. So it was so much fun to get to sit down and talk to her face-to-face in this interview. After graduating with an engineering degree and working in the industry, Sam found her way into the high school science classroom. With seven preps and two under two during her first year, the stress and overwhelm pushed her to the limit. Then it finally hit her. The productivity and efficiency strategies that engineers, factories, and billion-dollar corporations use to save time and money can and should be translated into the classroom. Now, after five years, 14 preps, and three kids, Sam has made it her mission to teach those simple steps that can lead teachers and moms to streamline their work, home, and personal life on her new podcast, Simple Systems with Sam, and through Instagram at Engineer Does Education. I just think that Sam's background is so cool, and I love following her on Instagram and seeing all of her productivity tips. So I'm really, really excited for you to hear how she incorporates these ideas into podcasting. So she's going to tell us a little bit about her experience with her podcast so far, but she's also going to talk a lot about systems and productivity. She gives us some really great insight as to how we can begin incorporating our podcast tasks into our daily routines so that it doesn't feel so stressful and overwhelming. I know this is going to be a topic that's going to be really helpful for all of us because I think at one time or another, we all feel a little bit overwhelmed with all of the things that it takes to keep up with our shows. All righty, let's go ahead and meet Sam. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business. But how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right, Sam, welcome to the podcast. We had some technical difficulties, but we are good to go now. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to finally be here. We, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, I love a good <laughs> challenge. It it never hurts to like just challenge your brain a little bit farther than it has before. <laughs> exactly. We got our brain challenge before we even started our conversation. You're on your third third device is what did the trick, and now we can finally see each other on video. So it all worked out. <laughs> and it's always so much better to see each other on video because otherwise it feels weird. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Sam's video wasn't working, and I turned our video off for a second and said, oh, well, maybe we'll just do audio, and it felt really weird. Yeah. (laughs) You're just looking at a blank uh, computer screen. So we got it all figured out. So I am super excited to talk with you today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, podcasting, systems, productivity, so many good topics that I know people are going to be really excited to hear about. But before we jump into that, I'd love for you to give us just a little bit of your background, how you, like where you started out in your career, how you transitioned to education, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm a pretty classic, don't worry about what you want to be when you grow up because it'll change. Um, I, <laughs> yes. I, I even was telling some of my students this morning that like my junior year of high school, I swore I was going to be a fashion designer. And then I ended up going to a pretty strictly engineering school in the middle of Rolla, getting an engineering degree. And I worked in engineering as a sales applications and quality engineer for some multi-billion dollar companies doing a lot of really random things. Um, but it was very interesting. And then I moved to deep South Illinois and there nobody needed my job. So <laughs> I worked, I was actually an assistant manager at a Target for a bit. Um, that was quite an experience. And then I transitioned into teaching. It took a long time because I mean, it was five years of me trying to transition into education and people still, and I don't think it's still figured out very well, but the alternate licensing is just Mm -hmm. kind of bananas. So I um, have now been teaching for five years after making the transition over from the corporate world. And in those five years, I have taught now 14 different classes. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. It's been a lot. Um, so wow. I like to joke that they're going to run out of things for me to teach. However, <laughs> I do know that I will be picking up one new class um, each of the next two years as well. So it's going to be very wow. interesting. And then I told them after that, they're never allowed to make me teach something like anatomy. Like I, I can't yeah. take on anymore. Like My brain can't do it. you should get first dibs. You should get first dibs on like exactly what you want to teach every yeah. year. Is this all at the same school? You've taught no. that many classes? So I've actually – I started in a small private school. So my first year where I literally knew nothing, I had been substitute teaching for like six months. Oh. I was hired in with no clue what a lesson plan was, and I had seven preps. Oh so I had to teach all of the math and science for the middle school. There was only three middle school teachers in total. And then I went to yes. high school, and I was my own long-term sub for four months while – my regional office literally found they're like, this is a loophole that the state hasn't closed yet. Can you, can you do this now? And so I went through this crazy loophole to get licensed and I have so many certifications that they just keep throwing things at me. And what's <laughs> funny is the thing that I taught them most of when I was in Illinois at my first high school, I am technically not endorsed in that. So they had to keep feeding me all these other classes because I was endorsed in those. So I taught a majority of my classes in those subjects. And so in, I've moved around. I'm, this is my fourth school in five years, which doesn't sound great on paper, but it's always been a move that has been perfect for my family and what we've needed. And now we are settled in. I live a mile and a half from my high school and my kids are so excited to be in my class one day. And so we're locked and loaded into this one space. And I am ready to settle down into it. Oh, wow. So all of that change has paid off and you're finally like in a yep. place where you want to be. Are you like somebody who's who's good with change? Like are you kind of like go with the flow or does that stress you out having have had that many changes? Um, I've always been the type of person where I kind of can I when I get stressed, I put aside emotions and I put like business face on and I just get things done. So in any time of high stress, like people look at me and they're like, are you sure you're okay? Do you need to process that? I was like, I need to email this person. I need to go do this. I need to pick this up. I need to go make this. Like I will just start getting things done. So the more stressed out I am, the more productive I am, which is then weird because my entire thing is trying to reduce (laughs) your stress so you can be productive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, real life. And I feel like I'm actually kind of like that too. It's like, it's one of those things where you just have to, like you said, put your put your face on, get done what needs to be done, and then later you look back and you're like, whoa, that, yeah. was, that was a lot. Well, what actually just happened? Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did I get here? <laughs> okay. Now tell us, so when did you start your business? Like, did you start on TPT? Because I you also have an Etsy store too, right? Yeah. So in my transition and trying to figure everything out, I... I'm naturally a very creative person and being an engineer, I always needed to have some sort of creative release. So I had an Etsy store for a while. It used to be mama's mama bears crafty cave. And I was just in my house driving my husband nuts, (laughs) all my craft supplies everywhere. And I'm like, don't worry. I just ordered another 17 rolls of vinyl. Like it'll be fine. I'm going to, I'm going to make it big on Etsy and uh, (laughs) it didn't ever happen. So when I started teaching, I saw the world of like teacher Graham and I was like, you know what? I just, I just want to feel a part of it because I didn't come from the world of education. So I started an Instagram account and then very quickly, I was spending a lot of my money on TPT. So it's kind of like Target, right? Like I was already going to Target. So I might as well be a part of the whole experience, right? So yes. I I think my very first product that I put up was like six months into my teaching career. And it is a pamphlet for like traveling to different planets and like each middle school group has to make a pamphlet. And then I made a little passport that they have to fill out by visiting all the pamphlets. And I was so proud of it. And I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, um, that still exists. (laughs) I feel like it's expanded so much since then. So I've had my TPT for, I guess, about four years now. Oh, wow. And it's, it's gotten a lot more specific in what I provide. (laughs) 
which is not middle school pamphlet projects anymore. (laughs) I feel like everybody says that about like the first things that they create. They like look back and cringe. (laughs) Yeah. Like I still, I love it and people still use it and I'm, I know it's useful, but like knowing what I try to put out there now and like the type of product that I try to provide, I don't like one use items. It drives me nuts because that's not something that's going to be useful past that one that one thing in teaching yeah. 16 classes in six years, as I will have in a couple of years, I, wow. I could never carry things from year to year. So I was spending all this money because everything was so specific. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be like, I have carried now the same movie worksheet from three schools and in seven different types of classrooms. And I can use it in every single one of them. So why don't we all just do that? <laughs> you know, make yeah. it general enough that it can it can work and it can last and it doesn't have to be assigned to something very specific in a topic. Yeah, no, that's so smart. Now, why so like when did the idea of because you do have a podcast and I'd love to mm-hmm. talk about that. So when did the idea of starting a podcast come about? So, I am an Enneagram 5 wing 6. Um which what, means what is that? What is the Enneagram 5? Oh gosh, the investigator and the okay. learner. I don't, okay, I don't remember what the other one. Is. All I know is that people either love me or they really don't because I like to <laughs> feed you information about things that I know. I feel like my use to the world is to like help tell people about things. Yeah, and I love learning about things, so I have a lot of very random facts to share with everyone about almost any topic you could bring up. And so I was on Instagram and I I just kind of tell everybody everything that's going on. And so when I was thinking about some of the stories that I would have in like these huge long days of trying to explain a system that I was putting in place in my classroom or like how I can create a subbinder one time for the entire year and never have to prep a single day that I'm out ever again, like that is more than you could fit into story bubbles and like yes. give everything that you need. And so I had been tossing around the idea. I tried the YouTube thing. YouTube is not for me. I prefer to <laughs> I prefer to kind of hide behind the blank screen yeah, and be like it's great, in my right? pajamas <laughs> and just talk and just chat. And I don't yeah. need people telling me I don't know how to do my makeup because that's fine with me. I I am who I am. So yeah, you don't need pod- people commenting on your stuff when all you're trying to do is put out helpful content to people. Yeah, just hear my ideas. <laughs> Ignore yeah. the rest of it. And exactly. I, so the podcast was great because I had been thinking about it for forever. It's like, if I could just chat with people and be like, okay, here is what you need to know to help fix this problem or work towards a better solution for this problem. And so I, while I'd been tossing around the idea for a while, I don't remember how, but somehow there's this little account tagged in somebody's story called Podcasting Fredericks. It's like, huh, weird. That sounds very specific to what I want to do. <laughs> so I started following you. And it was, I think, maybe a month before you launched prep school. Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, I'm doing that. It's like everything's aligning. People yes. are telling me what to do, how to get there. Here's your so sign. Now yeah, yeah. just got to do it. <laughs> I know. I know that I first learned about you through Rebecca Joyner yep. because you were, I think, were you her first guest yes. on her podcast? I think you were. I was yeah. in on the floor of my cl- my closet at the time. Yeah. Um, hiding my husband's dirty laundry basket behind me. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> That's and amazing. We, I, I have loved following Rebecca for so long and I've used so much of her stuff. And so her podcast came out. I was like, well, that's going to be added to my list. Yeah. And yeah, I just loved podcasting with her. And I used that as an excuse to buy a microphone and to buy some headphones. And yeah. I told my husband, like, ignore these Amazon packages. It, <laughs> it'll become something. You don't like the vinyl. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing is happening here. I'm just going to lock myself in the closet. If you could just be quiet for like 30 minutes, that'd be great. Yep. Yeah. I know. I always, I, well, I kicked my husband upstairs because we moved into this house and my office is on the main floor and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have a door. And I said, I want a door. Like it was an option to get a door. And he was like, no, because it'll like it'll look so much more nice and open if we don't have the door to close it in. And every time I'm like, don't you wish I had a door? Don't you wish mm, yeah. I had a door? 
Wouldn't it be I nice I if I could door. just close you out of here? Exactly. Exactly. Then you wouldn't have to be shoved upstairs. But yeah, I I first heard about you on Rebecca's podcast and I just remember like loving hearing your story and I love how both of you like in different ways have this overlapping theme of productivity and I think you both just like have such great advice to share. So tell us a little bit more about like about what your podcast is called, who it's for, what kind of topics you cover on your show. So my podcast is called Simple Systems with Sam. And we went through a lot of different names. I pulled people on Instagram and that's the one my husband came up with. I was like, Meh, it's okay. And then that's the one the people decided. So <laughs> that's where we're at. And the whole idea is that taking my engineering background, my my degree was in project management and efficiency within large scale engineering projects, and then also at the factory level. And I just realized after midway through my first year where I was drowning with seven preps, a two-year-old, a two-month-old, and like literally no sleep. It's like, there has to be a better way. And so I finally clicked and said, these two things don't have to be separate. Like teaching can be run like a multi-billion dollar corporation. And if we can just implement a bunch of those ideas, then we're going to be able to streamline the same way that a company does. And all their entire goal in a company is to save you time and money. And so why can't we do that for ourselves? So I had been taking those ideas, but I wanted the podcast to have a little bit more of an oomph to it. I didn't want it to feel like if you are in a secondary science class, classroom teaching physics, here is the one step that you can do right now. I wanted it to be this idea is simple and it can be applied to any part of your life. So as a mom of three kids, five and under, and then also having all these changes at school and then also trying to maintain and control a personal life that is small, but it is there. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that I was sharing ways that these ideas are not just stuck in one's place, they can be spread to all of it. So every week, I introduce what I call the simple step. And it's just an idea to think about or a really simple thing to put into action that will help you create a system of efficiency and productivity in your day. But we're not adding to your task list because that is that defeats the purpose. If you're trying to be effect like efficient and productive, You're not trying to make more tasks to add on. You're trying to save the time that you have and add to the bonus time at the end of the day. So we're trying to do that in all aspects of your life and ignore the fact that like sometimes we compartmentalize what can only be done here and here. It can, it can apply everywhere. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love this topic and I'm like so excited to kind of dive into this a little bit more and hear some of your tips because, I mean, I think we all feel like so limited on time and so unsure of like how to balance everything. It can all feel just like super overwhelming. So having those practical things that we can think about and strategies that we can take through every aspect of our life is huge. And I just I just think it's so cool that you got that experience from corporate world and was able to take what you've learned and what you experienced and bring it into teaching and to mom life and all of that. And what I'd love to hear is how you use and how any of us can use what you know about systems when it comes to streamlining something as big as a podcast. So I know that for me and for a lot of people, I feel like in the prep school and in the Facebook group, we were all worried about like, how does this mold into the little bit of time that we have as teachers and as people who have things to do after school hours, and hopefully it's not grading, then like, where, (laughs) where do all these things fit? Because it's, it's not that a podcast is small and it's not like you can just bing, bang, boom it out and then hope for the best. Like there is work that's involved in it, but we do it because we know that we want to share information. So how can we add it in? And I think the easiest thing to do is you have to take a small bite at a time and build it into your schedule. So when I looked at prep school and I saw, okay, very clearly laid out, here is step one, two, three, and four of what I need to do for this podcast then where can I build this into my routine? What is going to be like the most 
efficient way to do it, but also what isn't going to feel crazy overwhelming. And it doesn't all have, this is what people don't like to hear, but it doesn't all have to happen at once. Yeah. Like right now I can tell you, I am behind on show notes, which I know you're going to be very sad about. Um, <laughs> and I feel like every time I, I get behind on show notes, there's another episode that comes up. That's like, here is the importance of show notes. Like, or here's a reel that notes. says you better be doing your show notes. Yeah. Literally, I think one day I opened my Instagram and the first thing was a reel that you said, why aren't you doing your show notes? And I'm like, I'm, Sarah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm speaking to you, Sam. <laughs> so, but right now- no, I this is so good. I'm so glad that you're talking about this because show notes, I mean, when when people are managing their own podcasts and they're in the classroom and they've got all these things going on, show notes is like always the thing that mm-hmm. that kind of- falls to the wayside because it is really time consuming. And of course, that your number one thing when it comes to podcasting is actually getting your episode out there. So you are definitely not alone in like (laughs) having that fall behind a little bit. So I'm glad that you're sharing that experience with us. So yeah, what I had to prioritize essentially was I set up a routine for myself. I record my podcast episodes on Thursdays and then I edit them Saturday night and they come out Sunday morning. And I had to build that chunk of the routine in. And as I was doing that, then that started to flow a lot better. It used to take me over an hour and a half to record a 15-minute episode because I was overanalyzing everything and I was just getting used to it. And now I can do it in about 30. So by knocking the recording down an hour, now I can say, okay, well, where can I put that time now into the next most important step? So I've been playing. I know we talked... um, on Facebook about how to like maybe simplify the show note process. So I've been playing with how I can create my show notes that are going to be a simpler way to do it. So easing that next step in. And then once that becomes a habit and a flow, then I'm going to add in actually like creating the pins and the images for every single episode. And like tomorrow, I'm going to have a napping baby at home while I stay with him because he's not feeling very good. I know that, okay, on my kind of backlog list is maybe I go back and I do two episodes worth of show notes and I catch up on it, but it's not in the routine yet. And that's okay because if I don't have an episode to air, then I don't need show notes anyway. So I have to get the episode out first and put that as priority number one. So I have to make sure that I'm prioritizing within the priorities and then not overwhelming myself. Because if I said, oh no, on episode three, I forgot to make images or I forgot to set up pins for this, then I would have given up by now. And what good is having a podcast if you give up just because you're missing one little step? I mean, I can still put the information out there and it's going to live there for forever. So if a pin doesn't hit for like another five months, because right now it's not in my capacity, then that's fine. Because five months from now, that episode will hit somebody who needs to hear it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's such a great way of looking at things. And I I just love that you're sharing this because I think, you know, we hear a lot about people like batching out really far ahead of time. And that's not realistic for the majority of people, I would say. And so – you do have to kind of pick and choose and it is okay that you don't have everything done super ahead of time, every step of the process. Like you said, your episodes are evergreen, they live on, and you can update things as needed. And for anybody who's listening who maybe hasn't started their podcast yet, I think this is a really important conversation to hear because Putting a podcast out and like doing it quote unquote right is not an easy process. It takes time and it's not just like here is step A, B, C, and D. Like I can give you a big umbrella of like the main steps, but you have to take that and work that into your own routine. Everybody's schedule looks different. Everybody's routine looks different. And there's a learning curve. You have to give yourself some time to figure out how to realistically put it into your routine long-term like Sam is talking about because that is where you see success because what often happens with so many people is they start their show and they have no idea of what a time commitment it's going to be. And so 
they just kind of stop everything versus what Sam is saying of, okay, well, I can't do everything every single week right now yet. So I'm going to do the big main things that I know need to get done and that are a priority. And then later I'll build in all of these other things. So I just think that that's so important for all of us to hear. All right, podcasters, you know how many details come with producing just a single episode and using the right tools is the key to creating high quality episodes in the most efficient way possible. One of my absolute favorite tools I use is Zencaster. I have tried so many different platforms for recording my guest interviews, and Zencaster is the one I've stuck with for so many reasons. It always gives me the highest quality audio because there is nothing worse than recording an episode that you can't use because of bad quality. It's so easy for you and your guests, even the not-so-tech-savvy ones. All they have to do is click a link, and we start recording. Boom. Done. Plus, the video is crystal clear so you can repurpose your solo and your guest episodes on social media and on YouTube. Oh, and it gives you a transcript of your episodes. You can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS. You'll get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. So go to Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing and use my code EDUCATORS for 30% off. That's educators, all lowercase letters. The link will also be in the show notes. Now, you said you record you record your episodes on Thursdays, edit Saturday, they release on Sundays. Do you have any kind of like promotional schedule set or are you kind of still figuring that out? That is my next step. I yeah. I kind of preview and talk about the episode on my Instagram in the stories a little bit, but there's so much going on in my world right now outside of it. And I know there are people, I mean, I get emails and I get DMs and I know people are still getting something and resonating with the episodes. And right now, if all I have every week in this kind of crazy fall. I mean, at first, we're all the teachers I've talked to, it feels kind of weird and I can't put my finger on why, but it's taking longer to get into the school year. And if all I have is like two and a half hours a week for my podcast, then right now my goal is to fit everything I need to do in those two and a half hours. And like I said, I mean, my episode time, like we're recording has gone down dramatically. So if I can maybe keep everything at two and a half hours per week, just by like perfecting like a little step here and there and fitting more in. My next step is when I record, I can go ahead and say, okay, let's make the image. Let's get that done. And then let's get the, I know audiograms don't take that long. So I need to just like bite the bullet and make that after I've uploaded the episode. Um, And that's not hard to schedule out either. It's just like the mental hurdle of, okay, I finished this in time. Now let's move to the next step. Yes, but I just love this idea of kind of just like letting things build on each other as you get one step down, adding the next step, adding the next step. I have been, um, it's just kind of reminding me of, I've been kind of trying to rework my schedule because my daughter just started kindergarten and now she's actually like coming home like an hour and a half earlier than she was yep. at preschool. <laughs> and so I'm like, why am I feeling so scattered? Oh, it's because I'm, I basically lost like an hour and a half a day of my usual work time. And so I told myself, okay, I'm going to start getting up at five. And it's, it's only like an hour earlier than when I usually get up or like an hour and a half earlier, but it's like getting back into that routine. So like for this week, I've been waking up like 15 minutes earlier each day and it's gotten easier each day. And it's just like, it's a process. I've been trying to wake up at five for the last three months and I keep telling myself just a minute earlier and (laughs) it it has not happened yet. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention too, because I think it's been a, it's been a buzzy thing the last maybe three years, especially in the TPT world has been batching. And batching is not going to work for everybody. And I, I don't think that it's good to batch something you're new at because 
you have to figure out all kind of the kinks and bugs and stuff. And if I were to sit in the first week that I started my podcast and record like seven episodes, what if I did something completely wrong in the first two, three, and it lasted through all seven? And that's now almost two months of episodes that I'm, I'm messed up. Also, I cannot talk that long. I've just yeah. decided that about myself. It just does not work. And then like show notes. What if halfway through I realize, oh, I'd rather format it this way, or I'd rather upload links this way. And if I've batched them out without kind of knowing what works for me, that's, it's not helping anybody. In fact, it's just going to add way more time to my own plate. So I am, I am not a batching person. I know some people love it and thrive by it, but if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that is not anything you have to worry about. It is not the end all be all of getting stuff done. Yeah, no, I, that's absolutely true. I'm, I, I think like two episodes a day is like my max. And then I'm just like mentally (laughs) exhausted and I'm just tired of talking. So I am with you. And there's something kind of cool about like not being too far ahead because you have those like in the moment ideas that you're like, Oh, I really want to do an episode about this like next week or in two weeks. So there's definitely benefits to both for sure, but such a good point what you said about like you got to work out the kinks and it's going to take you some time. And the more you do it, the faster you're going to get at things, outlining your episodes, recording, editing, all of those things are going to get faster over time. And I know you said you keep your episodes pretty short, like around between like 10 and 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that I think is one of the key things that you can do to make this process a little bit faster because the shorter your episodes are, the shorter your editing is going to be, the less time it's going to take for you to outline like all of these little things. And, you know, if you're talking to teachers or people in the education space, shorter episodes are probably going to be better for them anyway. Yeah. And it's a great way to introduce yourself to people. Like people are willing to stick around for 10 minutes, but if your first couple episodes are an hour, I I don't know if I could... (laughs) listen to myself talk for an hour. Yeah. I just, that's hard for me to do. And I have to do it all day at school. And I'm not sure anybody else is listening. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no, definitely not after a whole day at school. And I couldn't, I don't think I could ever do like an hour long solo episode. No way. Yeah. I, I don't know. I go in phases with <laughs> guest episodes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this at 25 minutes. But then you start talking and it's like, it's, it's so hard to keep your guest episode short, but it is what it is. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk a little bit more about productivity. What are like do you have like a top productivity tip that we haven't talked about? Yeah, so th- I'd say there are two kind of mantras I've been living by a lot in the last year. And the first one I made a reel about a couple of weeks ago and people are like, oh my gosh, that's so catchy. I was like, I know, right? I, I thought of it. It was great. <laughs> um, but it's distract the distraction. Yes, so I've heard you say that. Yeah. When you need to get something done, there are several things that you are going to distract yourself with. Most of all, your phone. I So I used to say like, when you need to get something done, time lapse yourself because it gives your phone a job. But if you're just putting it off in the corner and you know it's doing something else, you know so that smart. you can't access it without ruining that beautiful time lapse <laughs> that you can then share for all of the internet to see, yeah. then you're you're just going to have to stay focused. and. It's the same thing with, I don't know if this is going to sound weird, but like your kids, when your kids are being really distracting and you have to get something done, we put the TV on, right? Like you give them an episode yeah, and it's the same thing. Like I, that you're giving yourself that time to focus by separating something that is going to take your attention. So if you need to take yourself to a coffee shop, so you're not like staring at all the laundry in your house, you (laughs) remove the distraction. You kind of distracted it away from you for a while. You close the door, you turn the lights off, you nap, whatever it needs to be. And by doing that, just even getting rid of your phone for 20, 30 minutes, your productivity is naturally going to go up because phones are their own special type of thing. And everyone Mm -hmm. has a relationship with it. And we all, we all do need them very honestly on a day-to-day basis, but learning to remove it from your regular schedule work is I think a skill that I'm trying to teach even to my high schoolers, like it's okay to not have your phone during class. And it's the same with us. If we're trying to work on something, it's okay to not have your phone with you so that you can do something else. And then the other one is, um, I, I've 
I've become sort of obsessed with this idea of minimalism in the last year and a half. Now, it, am I a minimalist? No, I still have. I literally have a a box of totes sitting right by my feet, empty, <laughs> just waiting for something to go in them because I'm not ready to part with them yet. But it's the idea that when you are overwhelmed by something, there needs to be less of it. Mm-hmm. And it does not matter what it is. If you're overwhelmed that your house is a mess, there needs to be less in your house for it to get to that state. And if uh, there's so many actual minimalism concepts on that, that I mean, go find your favorite YouTuber. They've probably got a video on it. But also the idea that like in school, if there's, you're overwhelmed with grading, grade less of it. If you have too many things on your task list, get rid of some of them. Hmm. If you are overwhelmed, then you need to have less of whatever it is. And if you're overwhelmed that you are putting on too much weight like me, then you probably don't need your husband to go buy you the ice cream pint that's in the freezer and have that there. It works for everything. Oh, my god! We're gosh. trying to talk universal truths here. <laughs> you eat that ice cream. Oh, I had a cookie earlier from Chick-fil-A, so I'm good tonight. <laughs> oh, yum. Was it like nice and warm? <laughs> it was good. And it was for the band boosters. So it was for the kids. Oh, it's for a good cause. It's for the kids. <laughs> for the kids. Oh my gosh. Now, okay, I have always wanted to be a, min- a minimalist and I fail miserably every time I try. But one day, and I one of my goals is to just like we just I think everybody just has too much stuff in their house, especially if you have kids. Like the mm-hmm. toys are out of control. Now, do you have that perspective with like as a business owner? As you were talking, I'm thinking about like from a business owner's perspective, what comes to mind is that you're feeling like there's too much of like needing to be here and there and there and there. So like, do Mm -hmm. you bring any of that, that minimalistic concept into like your marketing for your business? You know, like in terms of like, oh, do I need to be on like Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and podcast and YouTube and all of that? Like, do you kind of limit where you put your energy in terms of? marketing for your business? Yeah, I think it works really where really well for that because if you think about the idea of expanding until you're overwhelmed. Like do as much as you feel comfortable with and then when it reaches that feeling where it feels hard, yeah. Then you got to rein it back in because once it gets too hard for too long, it all goes away and nobody wants all of that work to go away. So for me right now, my focus is been on honestly the podcast and building that because I know in the back of my head, I'm also building a course out. But right now, a podcast is going to help me clear those ideas out as I talk through a lot of them on the podcast. And then I also know that it's doing its own marketing for me in the long run. So I can scale back to only sending, you know, maybe two emails a month. Or I can scale back feeling like I need to do so much promotion on Pinterest, which honestly is a beast I have not decided is time to tackle yet. Yeah, I keep trying it. Same. But that, that's like a whole <laughs> summer right there. And yeah. this summer was a podcast. So we'll we'll get there one day. Baby steps. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it it becomes unsustainable if you're going to that point of overwhelm and beyond. And so I was actually talking with my accountability partner about this because she was getting really overwhelmed with keeping up with blog posts. And I can't write blog posts, which is again why I have a podcast. Yeah. And exactly. um she I was just telling her, I was like, you've done so well for so long that if it's overwhelming, you need to just cut back for just a season. And a season can be as long as you want. It does not have to extend for an entire year. It doesn't have to be six months, but you have to find where you do not feel like you have to just dump the whole thing and run. Yeah. And I think we've all been there at some point and it's not a good feeling that all this time and energy has gone into something and then you reach a breaking point. So you got to stop yourself like right before that little breaking point happens and say, you know what? This season is in this part of my little goal setting. And then I can shift it. But yeah, it's it's still that idea of it just expanding on what you can handle and eventually it'll all come together. I I tried I have a Facebook group. I think there's three people in it and I've never posted to it. 
yeah. because it's just not something that is sustainable for me right now. Right. And I mean, show notes are my next step. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I am right now, I, I got overwhelmed by trying to get the show notes out on Saturday before the Sunday episode launched. And I just said, you know what? Right now, that's not it. Exactly. Yeah. For me, it's, uh, for me, that's Instagram is always yeah. the thing that I cut because like my podcast is like my number one always because mm-hmm. I just view it as just like you said, it's something that will continue working for me and I enjoy it most of all. Like it's super fun for me. And when I'm super overwhelmed, Instagram is always the thing that I'm like, okay, I need to just give myself a break and I'll come back when I'm ready. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I think it's also the idea that you want to do something that is going to give you the biggest return. Exactly. And if I can do less, but still get a big return on it, then I'm going to have to choose that. So I love Instagram. It's a problem at some points, but I love it. And I am on it constantly trying to share things that are more science teacher specific there too. But I know at the end of the day also that Instagram is how I can promote my TPT products which are kind of that residual income while I work to build something else. And so I can do all that, but I don't have to email everybody all the time. Yeah. And so I can, I can cut back on some of those things. Exactly. Yeah. You have to really like look at your specific situation and see what you can cut back on because we can't do everything, but y'all need to go follow Sam on Instagram. (laughs) I love following you. I love watching your stories. You are amazing on there. (laughs) I try. And some yeah. some days I just I look at some videos that I post and I was like, what was what was I even saying anyway? <laughs> but no, I think you're great on there. And I just love I mean, I just love like the behind the scenes stuff. Like you post stuff from school and from home. And I just think you're like superwoman. I feel like you do so much. <laughs> I've just figured out how to make things work for me. That's yeah. it. And yeah. that's the goal. Everybody just needs to get to that point. Speaking of Instagram, because this is where I first heard you talk about it, and then I went and checked out your podcast episode about it. But you were talking about habit stacking, and Mm -hmm. I know we didn't name it as habit stacking, but a couple things that you were saying earlier in this conversation alluded to this. Can you tell us real quick, like what habit stacking is? Maybe just give us like a quick example. Yeah, so I think like kind of the evil cousin of habit stacking is multitasking, Um, and so that's what people are really familiar with. But it's putting things together in a way that makes sense and is beneficial to what your goal is. So there are three different ways that we can stack habits. And the best one, especially when we talked about like building a podcast out and like trying to add something else in is to habit stack small steps into a current routine. So like if I know, like right now, I know that I we'll probably go upstairs and forget to take my makeup off, but I'll lay down in bed and read for a little bit. If I know laying down and reading is going to be my default, but I also need to take my makeup off, then I'm going to make it a habit now to put my makeup whites in my nightstand and reach over as I grab my book, wipe my face clean, throw it away and read. I just have to do something along with a well-established routine so I can build the habit that I want to have. And so we can do that with introducing new big things into your world. Take a routine that you already have and say, okay, well, if I already know that I'm going to go downstairs into my office and print things out on Tuesday nights, maybe I'd write an outline for my podcast then because I'm already in the mode of doing that. Then there's also the positive and negative kind of reward um, habit stacking. So when there's something you don't want to do, reward yourself with something positive while you're doing it. So I hate laundry. I actually have two loads of laundry that I've separated out into all of the different piles on my floor (laughs) in my bedroom. My husband will be very glad when I get those put away, but it's just, I don't know what it is. I just physically can't handle putting them on the hanger every single time I need to. But if I only let myself watch certain shows or listen to certain things while I do my laundry, then I'm going to like feel like I have to do it so that I can get that little reward at the end. And I do that. that, We do that with students all the time. And I don't think we do it as well with ourselves. Like, okay, if you get to this problem, you can have a brain break or you get here and I'll give you a piece of candy. It can be the same thing. And then the other one is the kind of mutual low focus tasks. When you are doing something that doesn't require a lot of your energy, but has to get done, like washing the dishes or even driving in your car, you can add another low focus activity in so that you're maximizing your time. 
So I will put Marco Polo on, on my phone while I'm driving and I'll just listen to what my friends are saying, or I'll send a message back to them real quick because no, we're not actually looking at what we look like when we're on the camera. So it's just hearing what they're saying. And one of my students was saying this the other day, he's like, yeah, I was watching Breaking Bad last night and I probably should have been doing my homework, but I was folding laundry at the same time. I was like, you were doing two low focus activities, right? Like you, you knew you couldn't do homework and watch Breaking Bad, but you knew you could fold your laundry and do it. And so you were making the most of your time and getting a lot done in the exact same time. And so there three different ways we can do that are just going to expand what you're capable of and not add too much more to your plate, but make you feel really good at the same time. Oh yeah, definitely. I love all of those things. And I'm trying to think like, I mean, if you are somebody who hasn't started show notes for your podcast yet, you could at least like make a template for thumbnails for your show notes and sit and update those as you're watching TV. And well, and even the idea of, okay, well, if I already know that I have to wait for like my episode to get like worked on and phonic and all the things yeah, and transcribed and all those things, I'm waiting at my computer for that to happen. So what can I do while I'm waiting? I could pull out my phone, which is honestly what I've been doing lately, or I could go to Canva real quick and make myself an image in two minutes, download it, drop into the Google file and be done. That's exactly what I do when I'm <laughs> when I'm waiting for my episodes to be to be going through a phonic or whatever or through transcription. I'm on yeah, I'm on Canva making the graphics for that episode. So that's perfect. Sam, I I have two questions for you, but before we get into those, is there anything else that you can think of that we didn't cover that you'd like to add? Oh man, there's some I could I know talk about so this all day, which is why I have a podcast on it, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the point. If you can talk about it continuously, why not just put out some shows on it and see how people react. But I think that the biggest thing is no matter what season you're in right now, there can always be something that makes your life just a little bit easier and it doesn't have to be difficult to get there. And so if you just look at the problem that you have and kind of tackle the most basic thing you're going to see a huge world of change, which is why we introduce simple steps every week on the podcast. Like it, a simple step can take you a really big way and you don't have to, you don't have to implement all of them. Not everything is for everybody, but it gives you an idea of how you can think and how you can reassess what is going on to make your life feel better. And it, it always can. Like, I don't think anybody has ever said, oh, no, I'm the happiest I could ever possibly be in my entire life. Like we we can always inch towards that and we can always feel good. But why not try a little harder to get there without putting in any effort? Yeah, absolutely. While you are talking about the strategies that you give on your podcast, tell us real quick, like where we can find your podcast and listen, your website, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So the website is engineerdoseducation.com on Instagram at engineerdoseducation or simple systems with Sam podcast. If you're like, nah, I don't really need the fun behind the scenes stories. That's totally fine. (laughs) And then on the podcast, you can find me everywhere. I hope that's that's what I hope my host is doing (laughs) for me. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, at simple systems with Sam. And I just hope that you pick an episode that you think is going to resonate with you and see if a simple step can help. Perfect. And I will link everything in the show notes. Did you have a freebie as well? Oh, yeah. Um, We didn't talk about the thing that I was thinking of, but I have actually a to-do list simplifier handout that I can send you. So it's five simple steps to simplify your to-do list and make it feel less overwhelming. And it lays out exactly how to look at it and what things you, you don't have to worry about. Perfect. So I will get all of those links for you all in the show notes so you can go check those out. Now, before we wrap up, I have two quick just for fun questions. Number one is if you could interview your favorite childhood star, who would it be? So every time you ask this on the episode, I'm like, (laughs) oh, man, this is such an easy question. And then I thought about it. I was like, I I don't really know. But it came down to Hilary Duff. Like, I was a huge Lizzie McGuire fan, and I don't know how they pulled off the fashion they did, but I also love the longevity of her career. And like, I feel like it takes a very special and very well-grounded person to do that. And I could probably in some points be more well-grounded myself. I'd love to talk to her. That's a great, a great word to describe her. 
Did you see her photos on the Women's Health magazine a few months ago? (laughs) I'm like, dang, girl. (laughs) I'm good for her. Yeah. I I mean, when wasn't she the one in the whole TV show about being no, she wasn't in Younger. Younger. Did you ever watch Younger? Yeah, that's what I was thinking (sighs) of. Yeah. And it's like she did not look like she had to be in that old or category. Like she, yeah. she could have probably passed as a college kid in any Definitely. other movie and been fine. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's such a good show. And then number two, this should be a pretty easy one. Do you have any favorite podcasts right now for business or for fun? Yes. Uh, a million of them. Um, I yeah. listen to podcasts on double speed, so I get a ton in. <laughs> My toxic trait is I have to listen to a podcast. You're one of those from- people. I don't think yeah. I could do that. <laughs> um, I have a reputation at my school because they heard me listening to them on double speed, and one of the other teacher's daughters walked by and went in and asked her dad, like, does she speak English? Because she thought I was listening to something in another language. And I was like, no, I'm just listening to an audiobook on the periodic table. So, this yeah, totally it sounds normal. real weird. <laughs> Wait, do you edit your podcast on double speed? That would make no, things a lot faster. I can't do that because I am very picky about breaths. And okay. so like if I if I did that, it would drive me nuts because okay. I have to I feel like I'd have to listen to it seven times to make sure I got them all. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. But the nice thing is it being so short, like it doesn't take too long to edit. Yeah. Especially if that's all I'm really focusing on. Yeah. But I do so regularly I listen to the Sharon Sesso podcast, which she just rebranded. <gasps> as and then things got interesting and i have a client who had her on as a guest they're like good friends and i was like fangirling yes (laughs) yeah she's She's just amazing she's so fun and so cool and i it makes me excited as a teacher to see like she is still doing what she was doing in the classroom yeah and people are really taking it and like loving everything that she's done yeah um so that's just exciting in its own way um the carpool podcast which is put on by the car mom she is local to where i'm at i actually have friends that went to school with her and i love their podcast it's not even that much about cars but it ranks on all the automotive like charts and everything i think it's great um and then i just found out that nasa has a podcast so it's called houston we have a podcast stop (laughs) it's amazing So I'm getting real into that. Um, And then I also love the Lazy Genius podcast. So she does things similar to what I do, but she also gives, she gives you very specific like Mm step-by-step. And while I love that because I try to apply things for like so many different aspects, it doesn't work that well with me, which I like because that means you can personalize it for your own. But she has some really great thoughts on how to Lazy Genius your life. And I'm pretty sure I completely told everybody an episode like this episode is just based off of her podcast that I listened to. And I think it was so awesome that we're going to do it here. (laughs) I love that podcast. Well, Sam, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad that we got to do this. And just thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with me during all the computer changes and figuring everything out. (laughs) Just goes to show you growth mindset is worth its weight in gold. You just got to keep going. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem at all. I'm just glad that we got it figured out and that we could do this. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the podcasting for educators prep school at podcastingforeducators.com slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.